Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to the I Had to Change podcast with your host, Charlotte Lewis. So today, I want to talk to you about pushing pause. That's right, pushing pause on your life. Um, Have you ever gotten to the point where you feel like you're completely overwhelmed? You just have so many things going on. Uh, You're trying to hold so many pieces together. You're just going, 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 going. Um, And you feel like, I need to get my life back. (laughs) Well, if that is you, I want you to go ahead and tune in, continue to listen. I'm going to share with you um, how God allowed me to get my life back by pushing pause. I want to share with you 10 pauses to help you get back on track and get your life back. So buckle up and we're going to talk about it next. So have you ever felt like everything was just going out of control? Um, You feel like you're just spinning uh, day in, day out. So many responsibilities, so many things going on, uh, whether you're in ministry or your mom at home or you're working on your busy career, um, going to work every day, coming home, paying bills, uh, trying to... Uh, just make ends meet or uh, working on multi-million dollar deals, what, whatever it is uh, that you're doing, sometimes we could get so busy, so overwhelmed uh, that we're just feeling a little out of control. And there's a part, I believe, inside of us that says, okay, you need to slow down, you need to rest, uh, you, you need to take a step back. But for some reason, it is so hard for us to do that. Um, Over the last few years in my life, I have been very intentional on paying attention to when I get to that point where I'm starting to spin and I'm starting to realize that I'm just going from one thing to the next without even breathing. You're just kind of just going from one to the other. And uh, last year, Uh, towards the end of 2018, I had this uh, time with God where I was going through the season and he literally sat me down and said, you need to push pause. You need to push pause. And I actually did a Facebook live on this uh, sometime last year talking about the 10 pauses um, to help us get back on track and get, get your life back, get your life back. Uh, That's really what he said. It's time for you to get your life back because you're just in it. You're just on this hamster wheel going around and around trying to make things happen. But in reality, uh, nothing is happening or so much stuff is happening. We can't even enjoy what is happening. Um, So literally, uh, God told me, pause, stop and sit. It's time to to pause. And he brought me Uh, This is kind of my basis scripture whenever I get to the point where I feel like I'm spinning out of control. It's Psalms 37, 7, and it says this. He led me, um, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Many times we want to act on the things that we have to do when in reality, God is telling us to, to, to be still, to sit and to wait patiently on him. Um, I don't know if any of you are like me, but 
I struggle with waiting patiently. <laughs> I'm a doer. I like to get things done. I don't like to sit and wait patiently. But what I've learned by being intentional about actually waiting and sitting and being patient and waiting on him to direct me, things start working um, a lot more better in control than when I'm trying to be in control, when I allow him to be in control. So, because here's the thing, prior to that revelation that he gave me, um, I would, as I said, I'm, I'm one of those people that would overextend myself, um, stretch myself way beyond my capacity. Um, and, and why did I do that? I don't know. I'm, I'm not a psychologist, but I, I tend to believe it's because it was somewhat learned behavior. It's what I saw my mother do. It's what I saw the women around me do. Um, it's what I read. It's what I watched on TV. Um, even what was told to me, um, you know, from the pulpit, so to speak, you know, always this, you need to be a Proverbs 31 woman. You have to do all of these things. And we aspire uh, to get to that. But in the midst of that, we lose ourselves. So I'm saying all of this because right now I am recording um, this podcast from a hotel room, um, you know, hundreds of miles away from my home. Um, I intentionally took some time off. Uh, today is my last day of my sabbatical uh, at least once or twice a year, I try to take a sabbatical, even if it's a one day out where it's just me, a hotel room and God, um, my favorite book, my Bible, you know, what, what have you, but it's my time to sit. I don't answer the phone unless it's my husband or the kids and they know, you know, I'll talk to you before you go to bed. <laughs> I talk to you when you, when you wake up, that's about it. Um, but I don't answer text messages. I don't try to do any work done unless I'm actually going somewhere to, to get work done. But it, it's just me and God and I'm allowing myself to sit and to pause and to listen to his voice, uh, to read, and then just to sit there and to listen, uh, to listen to his voice. So I wanna share some things with you on what that looks like, what that could look like in your life and what it looks like um, in, in my life. Um, Here's the reality, life doesn't stand still. Um, but you and I can, we can. Uh, the, the, the bottom is not going to drop out if we decide to take a day or two or three or four off or even more, a week, wh whatever that looks like for your life. Um, and since that day that God told me to pause, um, he has given me revelations about the pause and the benefits of it. Um, so I wanna share some of those benefits uh, with you and I, and I pray that as you listen that you'll take um, take them to him and pray about uh, and pray and ask him to show you where in your life you need to pause where you need to push pause um, and when I say push pause what that really means and here's my definition of, uh, of pushing pause pressing pause is stopping all of your activity and pausing to be with the living God it's stopping the, the normal day-to-day -day activity, grocery store, going to work back and forth, uh, dishes, um, you know, whatever that looks like for you. The everyday mundane things that we have to do every day, push pause on that. Why? Why should we press pause? Because I believe that it allows you to be a better you, a refreshed you, 
a present you, and most importantly, a whole you. Um, I know when I come back from sabbatical, I am so much better. I'm a, I'm a better wife. I'm a better mother. I'm a better first lady. Um, I, I'm a better entrepreneur. I'm just better because I've had a chance. My brain has had a chance uh, to rest. And then, of course, that time with God refueled me. Um, people always ask me, well, is, that, is it biblical? Well, absolutely, yes. <laughs> God paused. Uh, remember the seventh day? Um as soon as he completed creating the world, on the seventh day, he rested. God paused. Um, he's our father. He's our model. He paused. He rested. Um, even Moses um, instructed us to uphold the Sabbath. I have a Sabbath. Every Monday is my Sabbath. Um, it starts Sunday at 6 p.m. until Monday at 6 p.m. So we have service. We have church on Sunday. Uh, after church, I'll get on the phone with somebody who may need to talk or, you know, people always after church are hugging and they're telling me what's going on and they'll say, well, can I talk to you? I'll talk to you up until 6 p.m. At 6 p.m., my phone goes on, do not disturb until 6 p.m. Monday morning. Um, I don't do work. I don't do anything church related. Um, I don't even do a lot of house related bill type of stuff. I try to take care of that beforehand because I truly want to have a Sabbath day. That's my day to spend time with my husband um, exclusively, to, to spend time with my children exclusively. They, they know mommy and daddy don't work on Monday. It's our Sabbath. And guess what? At this point, since we've been doing this, um, the church hasn't fallen apart. Our household hasn't fallen apart. The people around us haven't fallen apart. Praise God for that. So <laughs> you can do that. I hear people all the time saying, I don't know when. I used to say that for years and years and years. I need my Monday. That's when I get started. That's when I do stuff. Pressing pause on a Monday was the best thing. So that's a one-day Sabbath. But I'm talking about getting away um, and just resting in, in God. When, you know, and, and, and I believe that the Sabbath is still relevant today. You know, especially if you're serious about living your life for Christ. Um, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word uh, Shabbat, which which its root means to cease, to cease doing, to stop. Um, and we still today, you know, we can still keep the Sabbath, but we have to be intentional um, about carving out time. Even if you can't do a whole day, try to, you know, try to do 12 hours, six hours, whatever you can do to get started where you're just ceasing from all of your day-to-day -day activity. Um, when should you press pause? Uh, of course, when you're feeling tired, uh, when you feel exhausted, overwhelmed, angry, sad, you know, when people around you tell you, you know, you need to, you look like you need to you need to slow down. You're doing too much. I see you everywhere. You're doing a little bit of everything. You may want to consider slowing down. Um, you know, or in my case, what used to happen, my husband used to say jokingly, but it really wasn't a joke. He was serious. When can I make some time for him and the kids on my calendar? Um, and it used to upset me when he said that because I, I wanted to defend myself and say, I spend time with you guys. I, you know, I'm not always working, but there was truth in that. I was always working and I always put the things that I needed to do in front of 
the thing that I ought to do, which is spend time with my family and, and, and my friends. So I just want to share these quick pauses with you. I don't know if I'll get through all 10, um, but I, I'm believing that they're going to help you get back on track and get your life back. So the first pause I want to share with you is to number one, pause and pray pause and pray the word of god tells us that the lord is close to all who call on him yes to all who call on him in truth psalms 145 18 when you are feeling overwhelmed uh stop wherever you are and where whatever you are doing and pray it doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter if you feel like well i don't pray well i don't know how to pray i'm not sure what i'm supposed to say tell him how you feel it's a conversation Tell him, why do you feel overwhelmed? What's going on in your life? You know, cry out to God. Help me, God. You know, forget about what's going on around you. Excuse yourself from the meeting. Uh, tell your kids you need a bathroom break. I don't know about you, but when my kids were little, um, I used to hide in the bathroom all the time. Mommy got to go to the bathroom. And yes, my kids did the same thing. They're knocking on the door. I got to the point where I didn't even answer. Eventually, they'll walk away eventually they walk away um you know lock the door moms because if your kids are like mine they'll walk right in and then go and pray and ask god for his peace to surround you he is our comforter he is our peace but we have to ask him we have to ask him to do that um when we pause and pray we acknowledge his presence in our life and the fact that we can't do anything on our own we can't deal with these decisions on our own. We can't deal with the situations um, that are in front of us on our own. We need him to help us. We have to humble ourselves and ask for divine intervention and allow God to direct our steps. Um, pausing for prayer will allow us to hit that reset button and it'll bring back things back into focus for the things that we need to do. Um, you know, when we pray, we connect back to the source. And, and what I always tell, you know, my ladies is I'm not asking you to have a 45 minute to an hour and a half prayer in the middle of work. That's impossible. I, I, I know you can't do that, but excuse yourself and go to the restroom, excuse yourself and go sit in your car without your phone. Um, you know, and just pray if it's five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, if it's 30 seconds, whatever you have to start, start there. Um, and if you don't know what to say, Jesus help me start right there. So that was number one. Number two, pause and be present. We have to pause and be present. Many times we can be, I don't know about you, but that's me. I can be at home, um, even at work, uh, you know, wh wherever it is at the grocery store and not be present. Um, have you ever been in the car and you're driving from one place to the other and um, you have so many things on your mind and you're thinking and you're trying to figure things out and you're, you're thinking about this and you're thinking about that and I gotta do this and I gotta cook dinner when I get home and you get home and you try to remember how you got home. Like you don't remember making the turns. You don't remember was the light red or green. You don't remember any of that. Um, you know, that's when we are not present. We're not engaged in what we're doing. Um, or, you know, you're at home sitting with your kids watching a family movie and the kids are talking to you and you have, I know that used to happen to me. My kids used to be like, mom, did you hear what I said? And my response would be, uh-huh. Yeah, I heard you. And after a while they were like, well, what did I say? I couldn't remember. 
I wasn't present. I wasn't paying attention. So just because you're present in the home doesn't mean you're really present with your family. I got to put that in there because a lot of people I hear is like, well, I'm home all the time. I'm with my kids all the time. I'm with my husband in the same room. But if you're not communicating, if you're not hearing what he's saying or, or, or she's saying, then guess what? You are not, you're not present. You're not present. So we have to pause and be present to what's going on in front of us. Um, you know, you have to pause and recognize that you are and that you need to be fully checked in and engaged what's happening. Um, your family, your loved one, your friends, the people around you want and need your presence. Uh, don't become that person that wishes they could have spent more quality time, right? Uh, quality time when when it's too late. You know, we get kind of, we get towards the end of our life and realize, man, I wish I would have. Don't become that person. Um, I beseech you, don't become that person. Uh, that says that to be present means to be focused and the Bible tells us of the necessity of focusing our thoughts and minds we are told to fix our thoughts on Jesus and set our minds on things above uh, Hebrews 3 and 1 and Colossians 3 and 2 when you pause and be present and focus on what matters most that's when you know your life starts activating and you start feeling like life is coming back. All right, I got to hurry. Number three, pause and receive. Uh, I'm sorry, pause and perceive, not receive, perceive, perceive. To be aware or conscious of something, come to realize or to understand. It's kind of like being present, but a little different. In other words, pause and discern and be aware of what's going on around you. What are you feeling? This is more about your feelings. Um, such as, do I feel anxious? Uh, why am I feeling anxious? Um, why am I angry? Why am I fearful? Why am I walking in the fence right now? Why am I sad? Um, why do I just feel indifferent? I don't really know what's going on. I just feel like I don't care. You know, have you ever been in that place where you just like, I don't care about nothing? You have to perceive your inner man, like what's going on with you on the inside, not about the outside, but the inside. Um, ask yourself, where are these feelings coming from? What happened? Who was involved? Where was I? Can I identify the root? What is the root of this problem? You know, and if you cannot answer any of these questions, or identify the root, immediately pause, pray and ask God for revelation. You know, this is a perfect opportunity for you to take a step back and evaluate before you move on to perceive, to discern. So really it's, it's, it's to discern the moment. You know, get a reality check and ask God for wisdom. Um, James 1 and 5 says this, if you do not have wisdom, ask God for it. So he already told us, if I don't know, I know who I can ask. All right, number four, pause and participate. Pause and participate. Um, this goes hand in hand with a pause and perceive, and it, it, it takes it a step further. Once you perceive and you're able to discern what's next, then it's time to participate immerse yourself into the task at hand get it done no procrastinating if your loved ones your husband your wife your children your parents friends whatever um want attention give it to them be engaged and give them you know your best and again i'm talking from personal experience here uh because one of the toughest this is one of the toughest pauses for me um however when i fully embrace this pause not only um did it benefit the people that I love in my life, it benefited me. 
Um, you know, when, when we engage and participate fully, we become filled. So I want to try, I want to ask you to try that today to, to pause and participate. Uh, number five, pause and press through, pause and press through. You know, my mom used to say, um, to me that sometimes we just have to grin and bear it. I'm sure you've had, you've heard that. Um, and when I was little, I never really understood what that meant, but life has taught me the meaning, um, you know, are you facing something that you don't want to deal with? Um, is God asking you to go to another level? Have you committed to something and now you're trying to get out of it? Um, I preached a sermon on Sunday and I talked about how we as Christians, a lot of times we make vows to God. We say, well, God, if you help me with this, then I will do this. God, if you give me this job, I promise to do this. God, if you just help my child, then I'll do this. And we don't recognize what we're really saying to God because he's trying he's holding us to what we said and when we don't that's when we start feeling condemnation it's when we start beating ourselves up thinking oh my god what have I said have I done I can't even do this so the spiral kind of continues um you know do you have to have difficult conversations with with people when you push pause, you can sit back and you can kind of think about this and you can ask God for guidance. How do I deal with this? How do I deal with this conversation that I have to have? Um, you know, should I leave the job? Should I stay? Should I re retire? Should I work another few years? You know, should I go back to school or should I stay at home while my kids are still a little bit little? Um, whatever that looks like. Should I change my career right now here and today or do I, do I hang in this? Um, you know, I'm not as happy at my church anymore. It's different. Should I leave? You know, before we make a decision like that, we need to ask God and consult God. Have you planted me here for, for a reason? Am I, what is my reason for being here? So those are things that when we press pause, we can consider, you know, whatever obstacles you are facing, press pause, pray and press through. There's nothing you cannot do with God. Freedom lives on the other side of change. So change your mindset and follow through with what's in front of you. You know, many times we stop short simply to due to the fear, right? And the enemy is conjuring up all sorts of what ifs. Don't buy into the lie. Press through to the other side. Second Timothy, um, you know, it reminds us he has not given us the spirit of fear. He gave us a, a spirit of power and love and of a good mind. He gave you a good mind. Use it. Ask God for discernment. Number six, pause and practice self-care. Oh my God. I can't tell you how important that is, especially if I'm talking to the moms. Um, self-care, take care of yourself first. Ooh, I had such a hard time with that because I was taught through watching my mom and, and my dad and their dysfunctional relationship that taking care of yourself is selfish. So I always felt self-care is selfish. Like I'm putting myself before others and that's not good and that's not even Christian-like. So therefore, I'm going to put everyone in front of me, my husband and his issues, my kids and their issues, their basketball schedule, their football schedule, my husband's stuff, um, everybody else in church and the church needs me and the people at my job need me and all of this stuff to the point where we start resenting the people that we're doing stuff for. It's a cycle. And that's what the enemy uses to get us out of purpose. Take care of yourself first. Um, 
You know, yes, before anybody else, anyone who's ever been on an airplane, you know the instruction. When the oxygen mask comes down, um, put it on the person or the child or the neighbor. Help them first before you put it on yourself. We, we can, yes, we have to put the, put it on, I'm sorry, we have to put it on first. We have to put the oxygen mask on first before we can help our children, before we can help our neighbors. Because if we're not healthy, if we're not healthy, how can we help anyone else? It's important to do that. Um, because when we are exhausted, overworked, stressed out, living an unhealthy lifestyle, um, you know, we start becoming equally unhealthy for the people that we're trying to help. We can't help anyone. You know, it wasn't until I embraced self-care and changed my thinking on it and renewed my mind on what it really meant. Um, I started making it part of my of my day, my week, my month, my routine. It's part of me. The first part of my day, I believe in the first fruit of everything when it comes go when giving back to God. The first of my time goes to God. That means when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do, I thank God and I go into my prayer room. I do my devotional. I do my daily reading. Um, but that is also me time. It's quiet. The kids are asleep. Um, I'm up before them. Um, it's just me and God and he rejuvenates me. So part of me giving my first to him, now he can bless the rest of my day because I'm giving him my first right? That, that's a whole other principle. I've given him the first of my time. Now he's rejuvenating me and getting me ready for the rest of the day because I gave him the first. Anyway, so yeah, take care of yourself, whatever that looks like for you. In the beginning of my life, when my kids were little, um, you know, in my marriage and everything, my self-care, you know, was maybe I'll get my nails done or maybe I'll get my hair done or a trip to Walmart, a trip to Target, Whatever that looked like, as long as I could leave the house by myself, especially when my kids were little, to me, that was self-care. Now, my self-care has changed over time because my kids are older. I can I can be gone for longer than 10 minutes. Um, and now I can take three or four days alone in a hotel room by myself because my, my family, my husband especially, understands that in order... Uh, for me to do everything that I do on a daily basis and, and do do my job, then he needs me to go away. He needs me to rejuvenate. Um, so yes, it's not selfish. I'm here to tell you, I'm releasing you right now in the name of Jesus. It is not selfish for you to practice self-care. At the end of this, I'll give you some tips on um, different self-care things that you, um, that you can do. So Here's another schedule your self-care time for you as well. You have to make sure you take care of yourself. Um, John 1 and 2 says this, uh, Third John 1 and 2 says this, Dear friends, I hope all is well with you, that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. God expects us to take care of our temple. He, he needs us to take care of our temple. We can't take care of his temple. We can't take care of his church if we are unhealthy. Uh, number seven, pause and protect your space. Um, at all costs, protect your space, your physical space, your emotional space, your mental space. Do not allow junk or negativity into your space um, because if you do, it will do what junk does. 
it will stink up the place. That's what junk does. You know, I am very, very much, I, I, I like to consider myself a minimalist, even though I'm not. Um, but I don't like clutter. I don't like stuff everywhere. When um, I haven't done the laundry in a few days or, um, you know, we have a heavy week's church schedule and things are going one after the other, one after the other. You know, sometimes your house can, can you just throw stuff anywhere. And it's like after a few days, I walk in and I realize my bedroom is cluttered. The kitchen may be cluttered. And all of a sudden I start spinning because I'm realizing my, I can't even focus on what I'm supposed to do because I'm looking at all this clutter and this junk and I'm like, I can't even think straight. I don't know about you, but I believe that clutter starts from the outside, inside, outside. It, it goes both ways. When we're cluttered on the inside, we clutter the outside. And when we clutter the outside, our inside is cluttered. It goes hand in hand. So we have to protect our space um, all around, everywhere. Protect your space, your physical, your mental. Um, be careful of who you allow to speak into your life and who's surrounding you. What kind of conversations are you having? Are they negative or are they positive? If they're negative, why? You're not protecting your ear gate. You know, what are you watching? Are you watching a whole bunch of junk and now you're getting mad? I mean, I remember, you know, now, uh, every time I watch the news, I get like angry about what's going on in our country. And for a long time, and I'm a politics junkie. I love to listen to it. I want to know what's going on in the House and the Senate and everywhere else because I'm just curious, not because of who's in office, but I've always been curious of, of how all of this works. But of recent, when I listen to it, it bothers me so much that it's it consumes me. So I realize I have to guard myself. I'll read an article or I'll listen to the to the local news and I said or else I'm, I'm spinning out of control about what's going on um, in this world. And 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says this, the Bible is clear and he warns us, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So your bad company could be the people you're around. Your bad company could be what you're watching. Your bad company could be anything that is negative that is trying to get into your spirit and get you off on what you should, you know, what you should be focusing on. So again, uh, you know, push pause, protect your space. Push pause number eight and pursue peace. You know, Matthew five and nine, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Protect the peace, protect the peace around you. When there is negativity, when there's strife, uh, when there is, you know, drama, uh, if you're always in the middle of drama, I want you to consider that drama isn't finding you. <laughs> Maybe you are the, the, the person that just loves drama. And because of the way that I grew up, because of my dysfunctional lifestyle, I was so used to drama that when there was no drama, I would kind of drum up drama, if you know what I mean. It's kind of like, it's too quiet. Like nothing is happening. Like nobody's talking about something. Like I, and, and on top of it, I'm a fixer. So I would start stuff so I could fix it. That's, that's insane. I mean, I look at myself now, I'm like, that's crazy. You know, now I love calm. I, I, I don't want to participate in drama. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. So you have to, you have to pause and pursue peace at all costs. You know, not every battle is worth fighting for. Not every fight you need to show up for. 
I know you ready. I know you girded up. I know you ready to, to, to fight for what's right. And, you know, this person said this to you and you have to give him your peace of mind. No, you don't. You pray and go to God and ask him how to fix the problem. Like sometimes people don't even want to listen to you because you're always fighting. So we have to stop. We have to pause. Uh, I'm going to go quickly. Uh, number eight, pause. Uh, again, pause and pursue peace. Number nine, pause before you pounce. That just goes next. Pause before you pounce. When you are dealing with something in your life um, and you have an issue and you're, you're telling God, okay, I'm going to pause so I can see what's going on. So I know what, what I need to deal with. Um, before you want to give somebody a peace of mind, before you want to, I'm going to tell him how I feel. You know, I used to be that wife. Like I couldn't wait for him to get home so I could tell him how I felt. And I didn't like the way he talked to me and I didn't like this. And how did they, how dare they? And I can't believe my kids disrespected me. And oh my God, the teacher said this, like I was ready to pounce. And God literally started sitting me on my butt. Like, no, you can no longer pounce. Like he literally put a muzzle over my mouth. Like be quiet. You know, the Bible talks a lot in Proverbs about, you know, people that talk a lot uh, end up in sin because we talk so much that we may say something that's wrong. We may say something that could upset and, and hurt and kill somebody else by our words. You know, our, our tongue. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so pause before you pounce. And then the last one, uh, pause and purge. Pause and purge. Uh, it goes back to, you know, the whole decluttering. There's some stuff that you have to purge out of your life, stuff that you don't need to deal with, uh, stuff that God didn't even call you to do. I, I, I talk to so many busy women. I have this to do and I have this to do. And now I have to go over here and this person. And I said I was going to go do this. And there was this funeral. So I had to go cook for that. And then they're having the anniversary party and they asked me to make cupcakes for that. And then, you know, we get so caught up in people asking us to do stuff. And because we have this thing that we want to people please, that we want to make people happy, that we want to sometimes be in the middle. Sometimes it's our issue. We want to be needed. We feel like it's validation for us which no one should validate you except for God, but we look for accolades, we look for platforms, we look for, and, and I'm, look, been there, done that. We, we want to be in the middle of stuff, so we overcommit, we, we people please, we do all of this stuff, and God never even told you to do that. You're walking around talking about, what well, that's my ministry, is it? Did God say that you're supposed to be on the phone every night with another woman and, and talking to her and trying to call, you know, talk her off the ledge, yet you're falling apart? No, God didn't tell you to do that. That's why we get overwhelmed. That's why we get tired. That's why we want to quit. God is not calling you to quit. God is calling you to rest. You just don't know it. That's why we get to the point where, especially in ministry, we're like, I'm so, oh my God, I got to serve. And I'm always at the, no, you weren't asked to do all that. You volunteered to do that. And then it got too much. And we're personal experience. That was me. Hello. I'm always talking from personal experience. So, um, yes, we have to pause and, and, and purge as well. So I hope you enjoyed these 10 um, I hope you will incorporate them somehow into your life on just pausing, uh, just 
start with sitting for a moment to pause and breathe. Feel yourself breathe. Um, but I did promise to give you a couple self-care ideas and they are coming next. God bless. So I promised I would share with you some of my self-care ideas. Now, these are um, all things that I do um, in my self-care, um, not every week, not every day, not even once a month. Um, these are just some things that uh, bring me joy and allow me to take care of myself. So I just wanted to share them with you. Um, get your nails done. Get your hair done. Um, it's not something you have to do on a monthly basis every now and then. And I know there are a lot of people who do it weekly. I'm not one of them. It's every now and then for me. Um, purchase something for yourself. Um, it doesn't need to be a dress or shoes or, you know, or a purse or anything like that. It could be things that you enjoy, a new coffee mug, um, something for around the house that you can look at that, that gives you joy. Um, but, you know, treat yourself. Go to the gym. Take a class. Um, go running, uh, go for a walk, take care of your body, um, make a counseling appointment and actually go. <laughs> I had to throw that in there because I know people who make appointments and then end up not going. Um, it's okay every now and then to go talk to someone or to go on a continuous basis if there's something that you're dealing with that you need to work out in your life. I am such a proponent for, for counseling um, and therapy. We need it. Um, I always say, I think the people that don't go are the ones that have the biggest issues. Get a massage, uh, treat yourself, read a book, magazine. Um, no, and I'm not talking social media. Don't go on social media reading. I'm saying pick the book up, pick the magazine up and put the phone down and just spend some time there. Start a prayer journal uh, or any type of journaling. Write down your thoughts or your prayers or what you're asking God for. Um, join a support group. Get along with other people that are like-minded that that may be dealing with some of the same stuff that want to change. You know, don't, don't get with a bunch of people that have the same trauma and all you guys do is rehash trauma. No, you don't want to do that. You want you want them to support you in moving forward. Um, hang out with friends, um, even if you don't have a lot. Some some people, I, the smaller the circle, the better. Uh, but sometimes just hang out with friends. Um, don't talk about your problems. Don't talk about your issues. Just have fun. It's actually something that I did this weekend while I was on, on sabbatical. Um, take yourself out on a date. Uh, movies, lunch, dinner. Uh, so what? You sit by yourself. It's okay. Take yourself out. You are worth taking out. Um, eat dessert first. I've done that. Oh my God, that's so much fun. Um, take a vacation. That means vacation alone. Uh, you plan vacations for your family. Ask, you know, talk to your husband, talk to your spouse, whatever it is. Like, look, I love you, but I just need to get some alone time, even if it's just overnight. Um, work on that. Uh, get coffee and sit alone while you think, reflect, people watch. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, I go to Starbucks, sit there, and I just watch people. Um, and I stop thinking about the worries of life and what I'm dealing with, where it gives me an opportunity to people watch and, and to pray for them because people need prayer. Amen. <laughs> Take a break from your phone, from social media. 
um, from the internet, from YouTube, from TV, all of that. Take a break um, and just reflect. Uh, drop your kids off at a baby uh, at a babysitter and stay at home alone on the couch. I know that was one of my favorite things to do when my kids were little. I'm like, no, you're going over auntie's house, you're going over godmom's house, going over grandma's house, you're going, getting out of here. And I wouldn't even go anywhere. I just wanted to enjoy the house to myself. So I know there are so many other self-care um, ideas. Those are mine. Um, please feel free to share them. But I just wanted to give you an idea of where to get started. So bless you. Thank you so much for joining me today for the I Had to Change podcast. I am praying and believing that uh, you learned something today and that you will push pause on your life and get it back. Be refreshed and be whole and be the best you that you can be. Do me a favor. Follow me if you enjoyed this. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Lady Charlotte. Uh, share it with your friends, share it with your family, whoever you think may need to push pause in their life. And I also have a quick special announcement. I'm so excited because the I Had to Change 2019 Women's Conference is officially open. Tickets are open for sale. Yes, I'm so excited about that. So October 18th and 19th in Manassas, Virginia, go to www.ladycharlotte.com. Uh, look for the I Had to Change conference and you can find out everything you need to know about it. We have some special guests coming in from all across the country. And this year at our five-year anniversary, we are having two conferences in one. One is, as usual, for the ladies. And then we've added an additional conference that will be going on at the same time for our young women, uh, 12 to 18 or 12 to 17. If you're 18 and you want to come and hang with the women, please do. But 12 to 17, we're having some special guests come in, um, actually from our, from my covering, uh, from the Word Church, who are going to be teaching the young women. So www.ladycharlotte.com. Get on today and get your tickets because they will sell out fast. I promise you that. God bless you and don't forget to push pause.